Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Ramos Weekly Podcast. I'm here with Tony McKinnon once again. Tony, we're having a wonderful, kind of a warm week here yeah, in Tulsa, look, I Oklahoma. Can ha- I can handle this. Yeah, I, I think, we'll see, right now it's like right around 50 degrees, and we were cl- you know, closing on 70 um, this week from a low of minus 13 yeah, last week. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, bipolar weather, but yeah. you know, I, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have this global warming, if you so to speak, right here. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't too warm last week. Yeah, global you know? warming needs a reset. Yeah, they need to reset global warming. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, we'd like to hear from you guys. Um, you know, we're on Facebook, um, Rayma Podcast, and we're also on Instagram, and we invite you to like our page, follow our page, and do that also send us an email at podcast at rama.org and let us know how much you like the program maybe there's something that you would like us to talk about and you know throw that out there you know give us some give us some suggestions or or whatever it might be now we might not follow your suggestions but you can you can give us one you know so um, but it's always good to hear um, you know from you guys especially you know when here you actually like the program in fact um tony's testimony actually has been one of our, our biggest programs of 2021. It's because Brother Hagen followed me all yeah, my life. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Tony's testimony, we, we talked about how Brother Hagen followed Tony around all his life. Until he even he, found me in the garbage dump. Yeah, so <laughs> amazing testimony. It's, it's called Tony's Testimony. It's there, you know, on Yigla as one of our podcasts. Well, um, today's topic is um, brought to us um, by Chad Stewart. You know, we have Chad still on the program from Reach Church here in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. So, so he wants to talk about, do you have the right equipment? I mean, so that's our topic today. Oh, maybe we should. Well, no, I won't say it. Won't say that. <laughs> so do you have the right equipment? You know, are you working with the right equipment? Because I, I guess some people aren't. So, so Chad, tell us how you mean do you have the right equipment? I mean, what, what does that mean, Chad? So, yeah, obviously. And this I, is Chad Stewart, by the way. Are, are you running for Congress? Or yeah. that, that, oh. I, you know, um, obviously one of the things I think that we're called to, you know, as pastors and leaders in the church, according to Ephesians four, you know, is to equip the body of Christ, Yeah, you know? And so I tell our church all the time, you know, that's one of my main callings for you is be able to equip you. And so I kind of, you know, relate that to just a, if you will, like, you know, going out to a construction company, you know, site, if you will, excuse me. And you go out there and you see guys with their tool belts on in order for them to accomplish their job efficiently. You mean like Bob the Builder. Yes. Yeah, Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. Now you have to have kids. If you have kids, maybe, you know, maybe it's Tim the Tool Man. Tim the Tool Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim the Tool Man. I love yeah. Tim the Tool Man. Yeah. That guy, that was, a, that was a once in a lifetime thing there. You know, and so you go out and you think about it. If so you go it out, could be this Chad the Carpenter. I like that. There you only, go. The only That's problem it. it is if, if you talk to my wife, she will tell you I couldn't build a square if you give me four two by fours. Yeah, well, that's kind of like me. Back in the days of the CB radio, uh-huh. my handle was nail bender. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. If you want to hear a quick, funny story about how bad it is for me, when I out of high school, is I was working at a local, um, like a C Meeks, where you know you could get your lumber and stuff like that. Yeah. And they knew I was so, you know, challenge in this area will say that you know i didn't know anything about construction or whatever and i just did it for a summer job and so one day i was sitting there and they walked up and they handed me uh, this piece of paper and i was supposed to go around the yard you know and i would collect all these things for those people coming in and you know it'd be like two by fours and all this stuff and one of the things on there was a, a five gallon of board stretcher <laughs> 
And, uh, and if you can only imagine, they walked me <laughs> around. They sent me to this area, and I'd go over there, and I'd say, yeah, I, I need that five-gallon of board stretcher. And they'd say, oh, sorry, we moved that over to this department. And I would go over to that that's, department. That's hilarious. And they, I walked that, and that place was big, like a Lowe's you yeah, know, type yeah. of thing. you know. And I walked that whole thing. And so finally, the guy at the very end, you know, he was like, Chad, it's a five-gallon bucket. And I was like, I know. I'm well aware of what it is. I just need it, and I'm tired of walking around. He was like, it's a five-gallon of board stretcher. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, <laughs> Chad, it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so uh, if I use the wrong lingo here, so please forgive me. But, you know, if you go to a job site, you'll see a guy out there, you know, he's going to do some construction. He's going to have his tool belt on. And, you know, if he's going to do it right, he's going to have a hammer. He's going to have a screwdriver. He's going to have a drill probably. He's going to have all these different things. And he's be able to do that, make his job more efficient, you know, be able to do that. And I think in the body of Christ, one of the things that I – I think that we're missing here is that we would all agree upon is, you know, that we know everybody knows John 10, 10. We all quote it. You know, we've all preached a message probably on it from every time. And if you want ever, you know, Jesus came to give us life and abundant life and all those things. And so I think that that's something that we are to experience. Jesus has paid his price for it. But I think the problem of it is, is that we're not necessarily equipping the body of Christ, things that they need to experience on a daily basis. And so that's something one of our heart is, and that was actually became our mission statement at our church. You know, our church is named reach church. And if you ask us the mission statement of our church, our church is called to reach and equip people for Christ. Reach and equip. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's our mission is that we think, well, it's twofold. So how can we name it Reach and Equip Church? <laughs> we talked about it. We just thought that was just way too much. And so, you know. Well, we what th- about Equip Church? Equip, yes. And then I thought, you know, John Maxwell would get mad because, you know, his big organization is yeah. called Equip, you know. Then yeah. he would call me up. You know, I'm tired of dealing with him already, you know. So <laughs> he already steals enough of my stuff as it is, you know. So I didn't want to go into a, back, a big a big fight for him about, you know, Equip. And like, so I just decided to go with Reach instead, you know. So. <laughs> So, you know, but, you know, so you're saying that we need to have the right tools and then we need to know, know how to use those tools. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think, as you guys know, there are certain things that we should probably teach on every year as pastors. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. You know, I think faith is one of them. You know, I yeah. think the Holy Spirit is one of yes. them. You know, I think as you're a pastor, if you know, I think these are things that you're every year you're going to implement these as in a series or mm-hmm. a message and stuff like that. You know, and other things are, you know, from practical things I like to call from finances to marriage relationships and stuff like that. And I think the problem of it is, as we all know, we've been hearing, we've been saying for years that, you know, the marriage numbers in the church are almost mirror the world. And I think the problem of it is, is that sometimes we don't get as practical as we need as pastors. And yes, I do believe we should tell people about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We all agree with that. But I think we also need to spend some time on teaching people about how, how to be married you know, how to raise kids, uh, deal with finances, because these are things that you're literally dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. And so our, my heart kind of burns for that area, just equipping what, you know, believers, you know, it kind of goes back to what we talked about a little earlier, you know, that the book that probably we're all, Brother Higgins, know, Believer's Authority, right? And so we all know what belongs to, but we need to help them to walk that out, if you will. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, going back to your tool thing, you know, I think probably all of us or most of us would probably use a screwdriver. It's, it's pretty common, you know, you know, whether it be a Phillips head or a flathead screwdriver at some right. point in time in your life. I mean, you know, especially if you happen to be a, you know, at least a 30-year-old man, you probably, you know, use a number of screwdrivers. But, you know, not all of us have used, used a hammer correctly. Um, you know, even though we know what a hammer is, everyone's probably swung one. But, you know, a lot of times, 
you know, we might use a hammer to beat the ice off of our car. <laughs> or you know, use the screwdriver for a hammer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know how many times I've used a screwdriver as a hammer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Correct. You know, a crowbar. But, but yeah. you know, but you know, most of us, unless we've been in construction, you know, or, or like to work with, you know, you know, haven't really hammered nails in like we're supposed to, or mm-hmm. or know how to pull them out. You know, with the back of the, you know, they don't even want the why there's a little claw back the there. Bear. Yep. Yeah. You know, but I've used a hammer a lot for a lot of things, but not not properly because I'm also not a carpenter, um, and I don't I don't know if I can like make a box either. Yeah. I mean, it's just that kind of way. But you know, a lot of times you you know it's one thing. You know, most toolbots have a hammer. Right. I mean, most of the time, when, whenever you buy a tool set, the hammer comes with it. Yeah. And I you mean, know, so. A lot of times my hammer just sits there and never be used. I'm like, man, I need something to beat something. So, so yeah. and actually the other day, true story. So, um, um, although, although we, you know, obviously had a bunch of ice and snow here in, in, in Tulsa and, um, um, ice melt was hard to find, but we could find cat litter. Yep. Well, well you know, so we use a bunch of cat litter to think, well, well, I don't know if you realize that cat litter is called clumping cat litter. And so what was happening was as a cat litter, a clump on the back bottom of my shoes and so now i, I had no traction so I, i'm over here trying to get rid of all this cat litter and i'm trying to figure out what i could use to to get through all the little you know grooves in in your shoe because i actually had, yep. I, I had a pair of, of well first of all after i fell twice on the ice i went out and bought some like hiking boot type stuff you know but then you know it's no good whenever they're pretty much flat sole because i got cat litter on the bottom so I went to my toolbox and, and found a hammer in the back of the little claw part in the back. I used that claw part. That out. And then I used the hammer, you know, because you know, some of them you could beat your shoes or, you know, you know to get that. He didn't so, break the ass off the windshield with it. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but that's not the proper use of a hammer. Right. You know, and so there are a lot of people that have tools. They don't even know how to use, use them. them. Yeah. You know, and it even comes down to even faith. I mean, faith is obviously without faith, we can't please God, the Bible says. Right. Because without faith, we can't be saved. But not everybody knows how to use their faith. Yeah. You know, or, or they might be in faith for 10 minutes when they pray a prayer. And then, you know, you know, a few, few minutes later, they will, why has it not happened yet? I mean, you know, things like that. But, you know, we, we know we need to be taught, but also equipped as well. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, because, you know, if you're going to be successful on the workplace as a carpenter, as you just said, you know, you're going to show up at the workplace and they're going to expect you to have certain things in your tool belt to be successful. And like yeah. you said, if you just show up with just a hammer and you're a carpenter, even though that's going to be part of your job, you know, you're lacking in so many different areas. And I think that's where we are in the body of Christ. I think what you said is we're all trying to use a hammer for everything. And I think there are so many other tools that we need. And again, we all agree in this room and everybody listening that how important faith is, but there are so many other things that, you know, we need to add into people, different tools that people are using in their belts that they can go on there because, you know, you know, if you're married, you need to learn how to have, have deal with conflict. Yeah. You know, I'll just be, yeah. you know, call and, it, and, it. And you're going to deal with it. No, I mean, matter if you're a Christian, non Christian, yeah. it don't matter. You're doing You can't, you I mean, can't faith it away. You can't, you can't pray in tongues it away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we want to use, in, and again, we all agree. We come from a faith school here where, you know, where Rhema is about, you know, faith, but the same, like you said, you're not going to faith your way out of being a bad communicator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have faith your way out of being a, a good parent. You know, managing your finances. Well, you yeah. Know. One thing, you know, people try to manage finances, and they say, "Well, I'm going to believe God." When you ask, we can believe God, but it also takes some self control sometimes too, yeah. like like not spending the money, or not going and buying this new this or that new that, or you know, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. And right. I'm, not, I'm not talking about Doug Jones, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, so and so gets a new car. Well, I got to get a new car too. You know, you know, I was 
Lots of prices, right? Someone, a new car. So I, I had to go buy one. So, you know, so whatever. Well, you, that class you taught, you know, do you still teach the finance yeah, class? finance class, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that is so practical in so many ways, you know, that people don't understand. Like, you know, I think it didn't. Didn't Brother Fred Price write the faith? Uh, exactly. Faith, foolishness, and presumption. I mean, yep. I mean, come on now. I mean, that right there, I think if we could just start using some of those tools right there, I think a lot of Christians mm-hmm. would be a better yeah. way out, you know. And, and you know, for going back, um, if you're looking for a place to come and, you know, teach you how to use your equipment and to equip you, Randy yeah. Bible Training College is, is a great place to come, rbtc.org. And if you'll go on there, um, fill some information out, look look and see what's, you know, you know about our college. And also fill your information out, and we'll have one of our, our student ambassadors give you a call, set up a tour, or invite you to college weekend, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. And what Chad is saying is one of our first classes you have first year no matter how old or how young you might be, we have a class called Personal Finances. It's a class that I teach. You know, not one of my favorite classes to teach, but it, it's so relevant, especially for the people who are only 18, yeah. 19 years. Of it. And, and the first part of that class, we just deal with basic budgeting. You know, because if, if, you're, you know, if you ever feel called to the ministry, that means you have to be a, a steward of God's money. Well, if you can't be a steward of your own money, you can't be a good steward of God's money. And so we talk about that. We, so we talk about just basic principles uh, you know on, on spending but then also we, we go into you know believing god for finances and different things like that as well but you know because we believe here at rainbow to teach things not only practical but you know but but also faith-based and, you know, and i think a lot of people you know they, they get so far in woo-woo land so right. to speak that they don't give any practical advice well like pastor says it's the natural and the supernatural yeah. coming together that make an explosive force for god and i think that's what you're saying i mean you know marriage is you know you just can't have a supernatural marriage even if you call it a supernatural marriage yeah it's just you know there's natural things that go yeah, on me and my wife don't just pray all the time right yeah yeah, yeah. yep i uh, to actually just we're in a series right now <laughs> i think we probably should leave it at that is <laughs> we're in a series right now on a relationship series and i just taught and we were teaching about marriage and i came up there with an empty box and i told everybody i said this is what marriages are it's like a box and I said, unfortunately, a lot of people, when they get married, they think their box comes pre-filled, mm. pre-filled with trust, pre-filled with love, pre-filled oh, with all these things. I said, but the truth of the matter is when we get married, this box is empty. And so, but here's the good news about that. I told our church, I said, we have the option of what we choose to put in our box. And so if your marriage is lacking certain things, then guess what? Then you're, you can put that in the box, you know? And I think like you said, sometimes we hyper-spiritualize. I, I I remember this, and I don't know if you'll remember, but in your class, and I think it was 06, I took personal finances with you. One of the questions on, and I, and I remember I, I, I almost wanted to do the holy slap thing. I was sitting there, and I heard this girl, and I turned to look at her, and she couldn't be, bless her heart, you know, 18 years old. And one of the questions on your test was something about a spirit of debt. Yeah, and spirit of debt. Do you still have that on there? Yeah, the spirit. It's, it's actually, it comes from our our, our, our book, the Midas Touch, the Brother Hagen's yeah. book. And so it's in that book about, you know, some some there was going around a situation where people were casting the spirit of debt out of people. Yeah. And you know. so that poor girl turned, first of all, she shouldn't be talking, you know, to the test to her. And she started, she said, hey what's number 37, you know, whatever it was. And the girl was like, what's 37? And she was like, is there a spirit of debt? And the girl was like, I think so. <laughs> yeah, because it's on me. <laughs> and so after class, I was sitting there and I, I turned around and they were both, bless their hearts, you know, probably 18 years old. And I said, hey, can I ask you a question about, you know, and they said, yeah. I said, so you think that, on you know, there's a spirit of debt? And she's like, yeah, it, what, you don't think so? And I said, well, I think it's called self-control. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, 
Well, I don't think when you went into the mall that a spirit jumped on you and made you buy that uh, outfit that you want to do. I, I think you just lacked a little bit of a self-control issue yeah. on there, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, so, so that's actually that was a, what, what my grandfather did, the Midas Touches, is um, actually um, we went and asked him. Every chapter are, is, a, is something that people have been teaching or a thought on, you know, about finances. And one of them was about casting the spirit of debt out. So there are some people thinking that's, you know, for whatever reason, they thought that that was a thing, a spirit of debt. You know, so, I mean. Obviously, obviously they're not using the right tool, if we could say that during <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Well, know, so. They don't know, you know, we're supposed to be a full gospel church. Yeah. Teaching the whole word. And that's the thing, you know, I'm not talking about your church, but yep. there are a lot of churches that they selectively teach the word based upon, you know, you know, well, also is, you know, is it popular or is, it, is, is people going to like it? If they're going to like it, I will teach it. But, you know, no one wants to teach on the the holiness stuff right you know and the you know you know those kind of things and speaking of your box example you know sometimes you know in a marriage too you you can you can spill the box and spill some of those things out of the box like you know you know one time you you break trust and that trust falls out of your box yeah mm-hmm. you know and in, in, in different things and so some some people's they've been married 10 years and their box is empty again well the other thing i told our church is i mean about the speaking about you know the box is that um you can't take anything out of the box unless you put anything in it True. Yeah. And so many marriages, I think, you know, they want to take something out of it, you know, and they never put anything in it. And, you know, you're not going to get anything from that, you know, and it's kind of like going to an ATM. I basically told our church, you know, as you go in there, you can only make certain many withdrawals before you make a deposit. Yeah. You know, and I think in so many marriages like that, you know, if you're not careful, you want to make all the withdrawals. Certainly. And, and then if you're not careful, there's nothing to take out from them anymore. Well, well you know? I, I know some people, speaking of withdrawals and, and finances, that, you know, they say, well, well, you know, I have with protection, like I, I, can, I can go $100, you know, under what I have. And they do it every month. Right. And so you can't do that in a marriage. No. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know. Not for long. Not yeah. for long. Yeah. Eventually someone's going to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think Chad probably, you know, obviously, you know, you've learned a lot being a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, some people kind of have this idea. You know, well, once I become a Christian, everything's going to be easy, right? You know, it's, it's not going to be hard. I mean, I mean, obviously, that's not the case, is it? Well, I think I kind of go back to the children of Israel, right? So they're yeah. slaves for four hundred years. And we know here comes their deliverer. We're going to set you free. In all essence, we know it's a picture of Christ and everything like that. But as you all know, and we know probably, is that the moment they left Egypt, it was battle after battle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and again, I don't think that's an anti-faith statement. You know, I think that's just really what it is. And I think, you know, the Bible tells us, and Peter obviously says, we have a, an enemy. He's roaring around whom he can devour. I think that's a part of our thing. And so that kind of goes back to where I am, you know. My heart for people is, you know, equipping them to realize that there are battles that they're going to face. And one of those things that you're going to face on a daily basis really is, is finances, like you said. You know, yeah. it's not a popular subject to talk about. And I'm sure, like you said, it's not your favorite subject to teach. And you know why? Is, let's be honest. As pastors, you know, we like to hear amens. We like to hear preach it. We like to hear people clapping. You know, you're not going to hear a lot of amens and shouting, you know, and people standing up and run, doing the rain run when you're teaching personal finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I got to tell you. As you know, um, it's a tool that you need in your belt. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I told our church just recently we we talked about it, and I said, "When's the best plan? The time to plan for retirement? 
you know, is yeah. it right before you retire or is it as early as you are? Yeah. You know, so I think for me, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, having the right equipment is that, you know, as a pastor, I'm, I'm really burdened, if you will, for my congregation to be able to equip them for the things that they I talk about is they'll face on a daily basis. Right. Exactly. You know, and so what are those things? And so I make sure that we talk about those things, you know, every year, every few months, whatever those are, and really trying to put another, if you will, tool in their tool belt to help them to be successful. That way they can be, you know, they can do more for Christ and for the kingdom of God. Now, now something else I actually talked a little you know, before we came on the podcast too, you know, obviously your church is named Reach Church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously one of the things you're trying to go out and reach the people who are on church or, yeah. or, the, or, or, the, or, you know, the people who don't go to church. And, and so obviously you you have some some people in your church that that might be new christians and so and, and you have some people who might have been church since pastor and i started the church yeah. back in 1981 and so you know they're on different levels but you still got to equip all of them yeah and i think you know that's one thing you're talking about that is you know it's you you gotta you know we all need our you know not not we need a reminder sometimes how to use our equipment correctly well so, and not only that it's not just about us i yeah. mean that's like i tell the students uh, it's not about you anymore. It's about him and them. Mm. And so we need to be equipped to help others. Yeah. You know, somewhere along yeah. that line. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll use a sports example. I mean, you know, you were here. You you played basketball for the Rainbow Eagles. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're in your 30s now. You know, obviously you played basketball a long time in, in your life. But how, how many times did you guys go and – get beat big in a ball game and come back the, the, the next day and you're, and you're running basic stuff the mm-hmm. stuff that you probably learned in yep. third grade i mean you know you know because because obviously you guys couldn't execute it yeah i mean oh. i mean you know just you know this is how you make layup right yeah <laughs> this is how you make a free throw i mean how many times the basketball games get lost on a free throw which is it's called a free throw i mean <laughs> there's nobody in your face I mean, think about it. i mean just like again in the sports analogy how many games are lost off of things that offside penalties yeah you know, these are things are basic. Mm-hmm. They, what do they tell you in football? Watch the ball. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't listen to the quarterback and his hard count and all these things. But these are basics, like you said. And I think so many – I think is it um, is it Jeff and Beth Jones who do the back to the basics things yeah, or yeah, whatever? Yeah. I think, you know, and I think that she got it kind of just that revelation there that, you know, so many Christians, like you said, when you begin to think, what do you do? You go back to the basics. In your marriage, you know, yeah. if things like, go back to the basics, you know, because in our marriage, things about it, you know, when you're – you're pursuing her, right? Well, if you're not careful after you've been married for a while, then you'll quit pursuing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think that whole going back to the basics, I think we can, you know, apply that to so many different areas of our lives. You well, know, well, you know, going to the football analogy, I, I coached a lot of football, played a lot of football, and had opportunities to actually. I coach everything: football, baseball, basketball. It doesn't matter. We, I coached it all. You know, when you, when you have three boys, three boys, you, yeah, you, you, you play it all. So, but one thing too, you know, you, you go to a game and and you notice that you're. You're not your blocking's not very good, but you know the blocking doesn't start with the block; it starts with your stance. Mm. And so we have these people. You know, this is how you get into a stance, and then you know this is how to fire out from that stance. But you have to wait, for, like I said, until the ball snapped. You know, yeah. But you know, and, and so you you have to teach them. You know, some people you know they're trying to teach you know well how to block when when they're not even having a proper stance. And you know, same thing with you know with with our equipment with the with the different spiritual things that we have. I mean, you know you. We, we got we to gotta reteach and retrain. What I, I, I played softball for a while, and I learned really quickly is how proper it was to have the proper equipment. 
Yeah. Have you ever played softball and had a really good bat versus having to play softball and yeah, have a yeah, really yeah, poor yeah. bat? Yeah. I remember the yeah. first time I, you know, obviously came around. I was a younger kid, you know, we're playing softball in church leagues and like that. You know, we had these Walmart bats or whatever. <laughs> and this guy came out and he had this, you know, fancy bat that he had been ordering. And I'm telling you, you could hear that thing ding yeah, and yeah, that yeah, thing's flying. You know, I'm, it's balls flying over there and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And come to find out. And, and, and the bats look the same. I mean, you know, I mean, from the from the yes. quote unquote naked eye, they call it. Mm, you know, yep. I mean, I can't tell a difference, yep. but but there's a difference about how the metal's there, and you know, sometimes they heat it up, or they do this, or they do that, and there's a big difference. I yep. mean, that, that's why normally when I've played on different things, I've always went and bought my own bat. You know, yeah. and but sometimes there's also somebody else who might be has a really good bat. It's funny we have a whole team, and there's like two bats that everybody uses. Yes. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, because usually team supplies a bunch of bats, and, and they're they're not good quality. Or you know, something else too. It might be a good quality bat three years ago, but technology changes, and right. then also once it takes enough hits on the, you know, on, on the bat, you know, it's it's not quite as as, as springy as it used to be. Right. And I so, think you know you apply that to our lives spiritually. Is that you know. You go buy a DeMarini bat, you know, those things are several hundred dollars, you know, but you yeah. can go to Walmart and do that. You know, it, like you said, to the naked eye, it looks exactly the same, but it's going to produce completely different results. And I yeah. think, you know, in the church world, that's what we're seeing is that we're seeing people produce different results. And I think it's because we don't, we're not giving them the right equipment. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. that Jesus didn't die, raise from, you know, rose again and then send his Holy Spirit. We, we, you know, we all have what's available to us. We can all, if you will, go get the DeMarini bat. You know, it's available there to us, yeah. but we continue to go and just use the Walmart bat over and over, you know. Yeah, but, you know, using the bat example, I mean, you know, a Dean Marini bat, I mean, I'm not sure now. I haven't bought one in a long time. Me but, neither. But around 200 bucks a lot of times. I mean, yep. for sure, you know, and, and they might be even, even more, more, than, more than that now. You know, the thing about it is sometimes, you know, I had to make some sacrifices in order to afford a, two, a Dean Marini bat. That's good. Yeah. You know, and, and so because I had to make some sacrifices, you, for, first of all, then, then you value you, you value it more. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I, obviously you also know that you know if it's if it's too cold, you don't want to hit, hit that hit, yep. hit that bat. And there's certain things. I mean, you know, just you, you value it more because you make sacrifices. But you know what? No one really likes to make sacrifices anymore. Hmm. You know, you know, it, it it wasn't. I mean, that's that's expensive. You know, and you know, especially once you get married, you know, because I, I played softball, you know, you know, to tell your wife you're going to spend $200 no. for a bat <laughs> that she's not going to use. Right. You know, it's the same, kind of same way with golf clubs. Well, I'm not going to hit with your golf clubs. Why don't I, you know, why don't you spend $1,000 for some golf clubs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they're good, you know, and yeah, but you're not a good golfer, so it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> so, but, but that's one thing, you know, you know, you can still hit foul balls with a Marini bat. Right. And, 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 you know, and, and you can hit the ball over the fence. And then sometimes you can hit a foul ball over the fence. <laughs> Done that as well. But, you know, but, you know, you, you have to also know, you know, how to, how to, how to do it, you know, and how to swing and how to use that tool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and know what you're capable of doing. I mean, there are some people that are not capable of hitting home runs, even with the, the best bat out there. Right. You know, but that still doesn't mean they can't get on base. Yep. And so. You know, and, and you don't always hit a home run every time you come up the bat. That's what I was about to say is that, you know, just because you have a D Marini bat doesn't mean that you're always going to hit a home run. You know, I think yeah. it goes back to what you said, you know, uh, if you will, you know, today we'll talk about, go back to the marriage example, if you will. I've seen them in, in the church today is that, you know, you, you look at somebody and uh, how long you guys been married now? 
uh, 32 or 3. I've lost track. Yeah. Craig, how long have you guys been married? Well, I'm on my second one. Yeah. So, you know, 15 years yeah. this year. Yeah. So think about it. 15 years into it, 30 years into it, you know, what I've realized is that you see these young couples who get married. They've been married for six months. They look at somebody who's been married for 15 and 30 years, and they expect to have the same thing that you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, we want this and we want this. And you're like, well, you just got married a year ago. You know, those yeah. expectations that you have are just unrealistic yeah. for people today. You know, it's like they want what you have, what you took 30 years for you to work hard. And like you said, sacrifice. Yeah. They don't see the sacrifices that you made. I think that in the generation we live today, they want all these things today without the sacrifices yeah, well, that we're you know, making. And a lot of kids, you know, they want to live in a house that their their parents, you know, lived in, um, you know, whenever – your, their parents had a little more income coming in right. and things like that, you know, and, you know, they expect, well, well, how am I going to, I need more money. I need more money. Well, you know, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, you know, but you know, God's, God's faithful. And, um, you know, some, sometimes people that they, they looked at, you know, my grandfather, you know, my, my grandfather, I mean, you know, I mean, he, you know, he got, he was at a point where if he wanted something, he could buy it. No, no big deal. And, and that kind of, but, but, you know, he started out, with a dime yeah. in his pocket, mm-hmm. and he said he bought two candy bars at that time. Candy bars were five cents. I can't I mean, not, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there during the good old days. I guess yeah. if you want to call them, you know, most of the time they're not good; they're just old. <laughs> but, but he said, he said when he when he started his marriage off, they, they started out. They bought two candy bars and then said we're broke, mm-hmm. and so there's, we have not, nowhere to go but up. Yeah, you know, but you know what? The next day they didn't have a ton of money. You know, it, it took years, right? And faithful, and, and a lot of it too. He, he even talks about in, in some of his, you know, his financial books. You know, faith by saying by finances. It, you know, for a long time, he learned faith real, real quickly for for healing. But the finance thing took him a little bit, a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he also talked about, you know, you know about about being willing and obedient. He said right. you know, sometimes people are obedient, we, but they're not willing. Right. And so you know, he goes, he got willing in a heartbeat, real quick, yep. real quick. I, Drive around as he said those four bald tires, right? He said yeah. you learn to be you learn to be willing real quick. Yeah. And so but you know, I, I know, you know, guys, I mean, you know, or I say guys and gals who graduate from Raymond, I mean, they want to make it big in ministry, you know, next year or you know, they're like, you know, I'm, give me one year and I'll and I'll, I want to be the biggest thing yeah. in ministry. It just doesn't happen that way. Well and you know, we mentioned ministerial opportunities on previous podcasts. You know, I tell the students they they're looking for a package. You know, looking for, I say, you got to be a benefit before you get a benefit. Mm. You know, it's processed, this thing. Yeah. And that's the the thing about equipping. That's equipping is a process and being able to use those tools. It's a process to to, uh, apply them to our life. Yeah. It's not instant. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I said it it is a process and it, it, it takes time. And I'm, I did youth ministry, you know, for a number of years here at Raymond. Then I, I, I actually, I taught youth ministry even after I was not even in youth ministry anymore. And it's interesting because I tell these youth ministers, I said, each and every one of you can have a youth ministry job as soon as you graduate if you want it. Yep. You know, now it's probably, you know, it might not pay anything because, I mean, there's a lot of volunteer youth ministry positions open. Right. But most of them aren't willing to take that. And if you're not willing to take that, I mean, I, I said, you know, obviously, if, if you become a youth minister and you grow that youth group, there is actually no way you can grow your youth group without actually growing the church. Because because maybe not all their parents will come, but a, a, a good portion of their parents will, will come um, because they want to see, well, I mean, man, 
that youth group changed Johnny's life. Right. And I, I want to see what Johnny's learning there at that mm-hmm. church. And, and uh, you know, I said, if, if you take a volunteer youth position and, and you build up a youth group, I said, you'll, you'll get a position on staff because, you know, people will come, the church will grow. Because, I mean, not, nothing else. I mean, your kids will graduate and, and, and be a part of your church as well. So. Yeah, I think we talked about it even on the earlier podcast. You know, I look about it for me as we mentioned briefly, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I wasn't willing to be in the janitor. Yeah. yeah. And like we talked about, you know, it doesn't sound glamorous in the beginning, you know, but God had a plan and I had to trust him through that process, you know. But in my mind, my natural mind, like you said, we want to be in a different place. You don't think, oh, I want to go to a place and be a janitor. But I look back now, if I wouldn't been willing to be the janitor, I wouldn't be in the place we are to be able to do mm-hmm. what we called to do today, yeah. you know. Well, you know, it, it isn't an interesting, um, you know, number of our, our pastors on Safir Rama actually started out in small positions. I remember um, um, Pastor Billy Joe Watts, um, whenever he, he, he went from working in the mailroom to being a past, pastor on staff. Really? And, you know, I mean, that was, you know, and actually there are a number of people today in ministry that I know that, 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 that have great churches all around the United States that they worked in our mailroom. And, and same thing. I mean, you worked on our grounds crew. Yep. I mean, you, were, you, were, you know, I mean, there, yep. there, there's, there's some great pastors, but you know what? You're willing to make the sacrifice, willing to do whatever. And, you know, and one thing about working on the grounds crew, working in the mailroom, you know, you're here around the ministry, you're, you're volunteer at the church, you, yep. you're a part, you know, see how a church operates. And then, you know, it's easy to, to once you get your chance to, to be able to, to step into that as well. So. Well, I think what every pastor is looking for, I guess, would be the key thing would probably be faithfulness, right? Yeah. I mean, anybody can go in and do this or whatever, but, you know, as you see somebody in the mailroom, as you see somebody walking around with a weed ear on this campus, you know, in the middle of August walking around, you know, this whole big old sucker, you know, <laughs> weed eating it and everything. That year that I was here, I think in 07, I think that was the year we experienced the ice storm, but it was also the same year that we broke 100, consecutive, 100 degrees consecutive days in a row. You know, and I remember thinking sometimes, Lord, what in the, am I doing out here, you know, dying out here, you know, but I think ultimately, you know, you're looking at somebody who can mm-hmm. be faithful, you yeah. know? Yeah. Hey, I, I, I've been there 104 degree weather and we had to wear these blue uniform things like polyester blend pants, Yeah, um, you know, and it was kind of a cotton, th- whatever shirt with your name on it and 104 degrees mowing the park. <laughs> Um, and, and so, I mean, you actually, there used to be a little more slant on the park when it was kind of slanted. So, so our riding lawnmower wouldn't work. So I'm, I'm, I would push wherever the riding lawnmower wouldn't, wouldn't go, wouldn't go. So the other guy got, got to ride. I yeah. got to push. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm just a youngster, you know, pushing. that's what so, I started when they started yeah. out. They said, you know, I had some experience in lawn and landscape. That's how I got the job or whatever. Yeah. And so they, they hired me and they started me with the weed eater crew. Yeah. And so I remember walking out there and looking and I asked a question. I came back in and I said, shouldn't we be following the mowers and not going before them? <laughs> I said, because we're all just trying to guess how much we have to weed eat around here. I said, yeah, because you, know, you don't know until after the mow. Yeah, yeah. I don't after the mow. They're like, well, that's actually a great thought. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing, too, in, in being on, even like the grounds crew, I mean, you know, it, until you show them you can do the job. They're they're not going to listen to you, mm-hmm. and so they want to see you actually work and you actually do it. You yeah, know, you know once you you know you show them you know you know because sometimes the boss isn't always the one out there working, but but they need to know that you you can do the job. Yeah, and and then back to whenever you were hired, you know, um, as the college and career pastor, but also the janitor. 
you know, the, you know, obviously it was good for Pastor Emi because you were there around the church if he needed you to, mm-hmm. to do something. But as soon as you said yes, he knew that you were faithful and you're willing to do whatever it took. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's a, it's a big thing. I just wonder how many doors would open for people if they would just be willing. There you go. Yeah. You know, I think that's something, you know, um, that people don't even consider anymore because they, they, like you said, they want, they see what somebody's had for after all this time, you know, and they want, they don't want to pay the price for lack of a better word in order to get there, you know, and they just never know what doors would open them if they would just simply be willing, yeah. you know, because you also, you're not called to be the janitor or whatever for the rest. I mean, if you are, that's not a bad thing I'm saying, you know, but obviously God had something for me and all it was is an act of obedience saying, I'd be willing to do that in order to do something yeah. else. Probably you know? your process. Yeah. Yeah. Or you might use a tool, you know, a lot of people, you know, now you want to use power tools. I mean, you want to use electric screwdriver and all these other, you know, power tools, but are you willing to use an, an old fashioned screwdriver, yeah. or, you know, you know, and some people don't want to know, I mean, you know. I mean, if my battery's expired, I mean, you know, not working, I got, I got to charge that battery before I get to charge out. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, how many times, you know, in my limited tool experience, I mean, I got my, you know, my, my, you know, new drill driver thing like that. And I go there and the battery goes, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to use an old screwdriver. So now I have three, I have three of them. So I, I got I got backups. You got case. backups. Yeah, I had but, to use a broom the other day because the battery on my blower was out. You know, I'm just thinking yeah. that's well, not you even got right. To use a real broom. <laughs> yeah, I had to use a real broom. Believe it or but, not. But, but you know, a lot of people aren't willing to. You know, even though they have the tools, they're not willing to, to use point. it but, yeah. because it's it's beneath them. Right. You know, but but you know, even as a minister, you know what? I mean, even as the pastor, you know. You have to be willing to, to clean the toilet if, if somebody needs to clean the toilet. I mean, you know, and, and you know that you know. I know one thing that my dad always, you know, taught us. I mean, if if I'm walking on on campus here and we see trash, we we shall pick, it, pick up. it up. You know, and how hard is it? Doesn't matter. You know, or there's sometimes that there's something that's really easy. You could fix it really fast. You know, you don't you don't have to call somebody or, or whatever. I mean, you just it just needs to be refixed or, or whatever or moved around or you know he's my dad's always moving stuff you know he said well that that's not straight i mean i don't know how many times he came in my office and i have a i have a picture of two of my kids my my skyler wasn't born at the time and my dog has big picture i have in my and i don't know how many times he's had to straighten that thing up because it's not straight you know <laughs> or fix the rug going out the or, back door fix the rug, you know, yeah. so but you know you, you even a pastor you're gonna be willing to do everything yeah um you know and well i guess whenever you you took over the, the, your church. Um, you were doing everything. <laughs> yeah, not only was I willing to be doing it, but I actually really, almost really was doing everything. Yeah, so, so, yes. You know, we went through transition. I mean, sometimes, like, it's, I don't know how many times that I've seen, you know, pastors, you know, maybe lose their youth minister or something. Right. Like, like I'm in, in, you know, instead of just hurrying up and finding somebody else, and maybe they didn't have, like, I, I knew one pastor that I was. I was um, speaking at his church a number of years ago, and, and um, he said, yeah, we were talking about youth. You know, at that time, I was more involved in youth and stuff. He goes, he goes, I moved youth to Friday night because my youth minister left, and, and I felt I wanted to take it. So, so he, you know, and he already had a midweek service, so, so he moved the youth to Friday night, and the pastor did the youth on Friday mm-hmm. night. You know, and, you know, he was a little older than most youth ministers, but he said, you know, I, I want to get it to the place that, that I want it before I move to somebody else, and, you know, and things like that you do what you're willing to do you know and so and, and plus you know i think sometimes it's good for for our our youth to, to see the pastor i mean mm-hmm. I, I know in a number of times um 
and I guess he hasn't done it you know, that frequently, but used to, like when I was doing the, the youth services, at least once a year, we would have the senior pastor come on a Wednesday night and, and speak to the youth. Just because, you know, just, you know, I don't know, sometimes they, they, they sit in the normal, quote, unquote, big service. But, you right. know, they're just different, but the pastor coming to your atmosphere, you yeah. know, and things like that. Well, Kim and I did that when we first took that church in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, we uh, we didn't have anybody, so we, we did the youth pastor deal for a year and a half, two years. Really? Instead of bringing somebody in, yeah. I raised up a young couple alongside of us. Now you watch, you help. Now you do. Yep. And uh, then we released it to them. But well, it, the the dividends off of that those those teenagers that that came into the church and came up under our us as youth pastors, some of those are the leaders in that church today. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah well, that's how I started my youth pastor career. Is we we are, we had a sudden change. Our youth minister left suddenly. And dad says, well, you're the youngest one on staff. You're now the new youth minister. <laughs> and he says, so my job was stay the youth minister or find somebody else. And so, uh, you know, I did it for a while, found somebody else. Um, you know, we hired him. Um, five years later, he left. And um, so I said, well, dad, what are we going to do? He said, well, either you're going to do it or find somebody else. <laughs> and in that situation, I actually took it over for quite a while, actually, again. And then I found someone else who was my associate youth minister for a while. And then then eventually he became yeah. the youth yeah. pastor. And, and so but you just do what you have to do. I mean, you get the job done. So, right. Know, yeah. It's whatever. I mean, you know, but it's but a power tool is no good unless it's actually picked up and used. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, you it's, know, we, we have to be willing to use every tool in our belt. Yeah. You know, but like I said, we have to learn the tools. First of all, we have to learn what we have, you know, because, you know, the Bible says, you know, who you are in Christ. But some people don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know that they've been redeemed. They don't know that, you know, like I said, I say this all, you know, there are a lot of Christians, you know, you know, I don't know if you realize it, Chad, there are over 40,000 denominations you know, in this world. Um, so that's 40,000, 40,000 40, denominations. I did not know that. We talked on another podcast. Um, Pastor Jaron Baldwin actually wrote, wrote a book called unity and he did a lot of research wow. and, and, and that's actually a, an outdated stats. How, how many new denominations start every year? He, he gave a stat. He I gave all kinds of stats, but there, and I looked it up cause I, I'm like, man, he's, he's gotta be, he must be a bozo. Fact checker. Yeah. You know, I, I, I checked the facts after the podcast. You was know. It, it wasn't fake news. No, it wasn't fake news. And this was, this okay. was like a, a stat that was a number of years old. And I don't, you know, I think it actually said that was how many in the United States, but, but I'm going to say worldwide because, but what I'm saying is there are a lot of denominations that, that, that know Jesus Christ as their savior, mm -hmm. but they don't know Jesus Christ as their healer. And, you know, one thing, you know, um, first Peter two twenty four says by his stripes, we were healed. Now, actually, you know, um, that's really actually was written in Isaiah and, you know, it's, you know, and so whenever he took the stripes on his back, you know, we were healed by his stripes, you know, so some people, cause their denomination thinks, well, is it his will to heal? Well, right. well, why would he took the stripes on his back if it's not his will to heal? I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it makes no sense, but, yeah. but, but, you know, every denomination doesn't know about all the tools mm -hmm. or, or every, you know, that's why you said, you know, we call ourselves, you know, word of faith or full gospel right. church. And we, we, we have to teach everything. 
And, and we have to teach him as our healer, as, as our provider. You know, a lot, a lot of people, like my, my grandfather said, when he first started ministry, he knew about Jesus, the healer, but didn't know about Jesus, the provider. But going back to John 10, 10, which John 10, 10 is one of my, one of the verses that I, I almost, I almost put preach out every time. Yes. And, you know, and the reason why is because um, I actually focus on, on the first part of the verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know, realize that the, the reason that we had the 2020 we had, the reason that we have, is because the thief is out to kill, steal, and destroy. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what he's been doing. But then he goes on to say, but, but, but I came, Jesus came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, if you're sick, that's not an abundant life. If you're really sick, I mean, if you're, you know, have stage four cancer, that's not abundant life. Mm. You know, and that's so he came for us to have so definitely says will to heal us. You know, and what's even more more interesting if you look at the New Living Translation, it says the thief's purpose. So the devil's purpose is to still kill and destroy. But my purpose—that's good. You know, because we always talk about everyone needs to find their purpose, purpose in life. life. Yeah. Well, his purpose in life is to make yours a better one. That's good. I mean, that's why he came. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty awesome. That'll preach a few. I would say that <laughs> you want to preach that Sunday, or should I? Preach? I mean, that's, so, I've already preached that many times. If you want me to come to your church and preach, preach that, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite things the same I mean you know my his purpose what is his purpose but you know his purpose is in life you know he came so we can use our tools and mm-hmm. he gave us tools to, to use and, and it's important that us as ministers teach you what kind of tools you have and teach you how to, to use those tools and once again that's a great segue to talk about rhema bible training college i mean yeah. i mean you know whether you're called for full-time ministry or what do you you say craig I've, I've gone through a lot of transition things, and I just feel I need to learn more about the Bible, more about the Word of God. You know, I don't know if I'm called to ministry or not. You know, um, Aaron Antis here, businessman, um, Oklahoma's largest home builder, Shaw Homes, was, was on here. And he says that every person he believes should take two years out of their life and study the Word of God. And so, says that it was, it was invaluable what, what he learned. He says, he says his, his business, his family wouldn't be like they were today if it wasn't for Rainbow Bible Training College. Wow. So rbtc.org, go onto the website, check us out. Um, Give, give us your information, and, and we'll, we'll have one of our ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about maybe coming and taking a tour, or maybe coming to Raymond College Weekend, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. So, so are you equipped? Um, or do you have the right equipment, I guess? That yes. Means, yeah. You know, yeah, the right, the right equipment. equipment you know, because yeah. a, a lot of people don't have the right equipment in their tool belt, you know, or maybe they're trying to play football without a helmet. Mm. I mean, imagine that. I mean, imagine putting in the NFL, right. you know, out there, you know, you got the missing old, a key piece. Yeah, you know, missing a, a key piece. You know, I mean, you know, it's just not going to go well. Yeah. I mean, h- how many concussions do we see? You know, people oh. having with helmets. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are not just helmets like we had. Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I started with the two bar helmet. You know, the old fashioned. You know, you know. Now, my dad started with the with the the pad. You know, this the the <laughs> the leather helmet. The leather helmet he yes. started with. You know, but yep. so I had the, the the two bar thing. I mean, you know, you know. Later on in life, the only people who wore one of those were were kickers. kickers. You know, so, yes. You know, but but yeah, but but while when I went through my thing, I mean, you know, going to high school, you know, they brought in the air helmets. You know, yeah. so so there was there was a, a lot of equipment change, but you know. But nobody played football without it without a helmet. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, well, well, number one, it wasn't allowed. You know, you know even if you had your mouthpiece in, because you had to have mouthpiece, mouthpiece on the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, NFL, you don't have to have mouthpiece. But, but you know, you know, but there's a lot of Christians that are trying to play. You know, they're trying to play life. That's good w- w- without the right equipment. The right equipment. Yeah. You know, 
and you know, and sometimes they don't even know it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you know, if you show, if 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 I trying to if I'm you know, there on the line, let's say here I'm, I'm I'm there on the line, and and you know, someone's going to say, hey hey dude, where's your helmet? Put your helmet on. Yeah. You know, but how many of us Christians see people? Without the right equipment, or and yeah. don't even say anything to them. Yeah, even yeah. pastors are like, well, you know, that's their life. I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them do whatever, you know. And they're, we're watching them get their head beat in without the right equipment. So I think it's it's us also good for us as pastors to to notice, you know, our church members and what that's they're good. going through. You know, and a lot of my sermons are actually are related to what I see people going through. You know, or, or, or maybe you've had a lot of them. You know. Counseling sessions, or, or actually, we're called spiritual guidance, not counseling. Because that's un- good, unless you're a licensed professional counselor, right? You know, but but you've had a, you know a lot of spiritual guidance sessions with some of your members, and, and you're like, Pastor, I'm going through this. Pastor, I'm going through that. So, so you know, there's probably other people in, in your church going through the same that. thing, or maybe you're going through something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and well, just like 2020, we all went through new stuff together. Right. I mean, we, you know, you know, it was uncharted territory. I mean, you know, you know, we were faced with situations. In, in fact, um. You know, the whole COVID thing kind of started right when I was going to come speak at your church. Yes. Remember, we were, uh, that's right. we, were, we were all planning to come. Yep. And all of a sudden you said, Craig, you can't come. I can't come. That's right. And, wow. And, and, you know, just, and that, was, that was the start. And, I forgot so, about that. And so we actually had church at our, our church, you know, that, that, that Sunday, you know, but, you know, somebody in yep. your congregation, you know. Tested positive tested early positive on. Tested early on. Early, and, early on. And, and, and it was like, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't come, you know, so wow. couldn't have church. And so, so think about that. And that's almost been a year. Yeah. I mean, you know, how much our life has changed over a year. And, and thank God for having, you know, you know knowing that, that, that God's going to get us through all this. I mean, you know, yeah. you know we, we had the right equipment. We knew what to do. And it still wasn't an easy year for a lot of people. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it's either you don't have the right equipment or you don't know how to use your equipment. Yeah. You know, I think about it. For me, I'm a father of twins, and so my kids are four years old, and I think about that just spiritually. So if I went home today after this podcast, as we're getting ready to go eat lunch, I'm getting hungry. You yeah, know, ready to go. Ready to go. Because <laughs> I think if I went home when I had a tool belt, right, and I had it full of the right tools, I had a, you know, a screwdriver, I had a hammer like we talked about, you know, had a, all these different things that end there. And if I put it on my four-year-olds, you know, they wouldn't know how to use it. And I think if we looked at it in our churches, we have a people who are probably, you know, immature spiritually. And even though they've been equipped with the right stuff, they just don't know how to use them. Yeah. You know. So it's so important to not only have the right equipment, but learn how to use the right equipment, you know, and and to to do it properly. And and I think a lot of that falls on us pastors. Yep. You know, and I know a number of pastors listen to this podcast. And, you know, you know, the thing about it is. If I was a pastor, I would definitely listen to our podcast. Number one, we're funny, um, you know, and we like to have a good time. But number two, we, we put out a lot of things that you, know, yeah. you could you could preach on. That's right. You know, for, looking for, for sermon titles, for sermon titles, yes. and, you know, and, and you know, and to be honest, I mean, you know, being a pastor, I mean, you know, you're, most of you are probably preaching at least two sermons a week. Yeah, you know, and, you know, it's it's not that easy to come up with a, constantly you know, looking for know, sermons, constantly looking for sermons, so, everything. So, Raven Weekly Podcast is you know, you know, because we try to come up catchy things and and different things like that. And so, um, you know, and in, in fact, um, actually, some of my sermons here recently, well, actually, well. well I haven't preached on that one of them. We had mind control was one yeah. of our podcasts. That was I actually come up. You know, my, um, I'm like, okay, I'm coming with podcasts, and then I'm going to do a sermon based on the Start podcast the that I did. Yep. Also, I'm going to use the other people as, as they talk about it, so you know, get some illustrations as well. So, exactly. And so, 
I was, Sarah always tells me, she said, you're always looking, you can find a sermon illustration or title out of everything. I said, well, that's what I do for a living. I'm there looking for something constantly to be able constantly. to speak. Yes, always. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's interesting because sometimes what you know, I, I did even on, on um, Sunday, I preached a message called Matthew chapter 7, and I, and I actually talked about how I got to the message. So I, was, I had like three other messages I was thinking about preaching, you know, and it kind of, because I think cause people are kind of interested in, how do you come up with a sermon? How do you do this? Yeah. How, do you, how do you do that? Because, you know. After you've been in ministry for a while, I, like you talked about other, other podcasts about uh, about you know my my father always telling you to have a you have a message ready. Well, after you've been in the ministry for 10, 10 or twenty years, it's a whole lot easier to have a message ready. Right. You know, but whenever you you've only been in for two weeks, yeah. You know you don't always have messages ready. So, <laughs> you know, but you know I, I mean I was early on in ministry where my grandfather called me out in the middle of you know with what we call Holy Ghost meetings with, with all these senior pastors, all, all these people who could minister. And he's like, well, I feel my grandson has a, you know, he, he needs to come speak right now. And I'm like, oh, man. I mean, I, there was one, one service, actually, I, I just put a Jolly Rancher in my mouth <laughs> and it was because we were at, at a church. And, and one of the things, one of my things on the road is, is I had to help the ushers. And we would, we would go take the offering back and not count it, but we, we would, we would put it to the little safe area. And we actually were using the church secretary's office as, as, as where we did that. Well, she had this Jolly Rancher bowl and she's told us before we didn't steal it from the, she goes, yeah, you, you guys help yourself. So I grabbed a couple of the Jolly Ranchers and, um, you know, put one in my mouth and, and I, I, you know, this is one of the first times he actually had me minister and I was, I don't know, 21 or something like that, you know, and, and he says, well, I, I just feel that my grand, my grandson has, has the, the word tonight. Well, I gulped and, um, and, and I had oh, the Jolly Rancher right in throat. He says, he goes, I'm going to have the singer sing one more song and then he's going to come up here and minister. <laughs> <laughs> No. no, the good thing about it is I had plenty of sermons back in the back of my thing. And, and you know, actually, not another thing about it is for whatever reason, after you know, I, I was like thinking about what I would say if if, if I was ministering. You know, not not you know, I, I didn't write it all down because I wasn't really I wasn't that serious about it. But I was thinking about I had, you know, God had given me some things to say, but you know, it's sometimes a little intimidating. Oh, know? I I can't imagine being you know, put in that spot. <laughs> yeah, so it is what it is. You know, so you know. But, you know, I had the tools and I knew how to use them. That was, that was yeah. the main thing. Amen. Well, once again, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn more about the ministry or, or, or you feel called to the ministry or want to just, like I said, learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org. We invite you to go to our website, um, check out our school, um, send, um, give us your information, and we'll have one of our ambassadors give you a call. Well, praise God. Chad, another great great podcast. Thank you for Absolutely. coming this week, and and thank you for for teaching to our students this week, and you know, and and you know, help, helping helping them help equip them, help equip them. Yeah, Amen. So it's it's always good for for these, and that he's the third year pastors group, and um, you know, Chad's one of the pastors coming in to 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 teach him. Everything he knows, you know, in, in one week. <laughs> yeah, Dean Tad told me he said the good, the bad, and the ugly. There you, you know, go. You know, yeah, a lot of people don't want to talk about the ugly. Yeah. Thing, but, but it's interesting, you know. Sometimes that's what they need. Yes. Amen. Well, you know, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to, to the, the world. world. God bless you guys. Have a great day.